This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. In the lead up to our local body elections, Dunedin community builders have been doing some of the tough work for us, asking the candidates some important questions um, for this particular sector. Joining us on the line now to talk a little bit more about that from Dunedin community builders, Tess Trotter. Tess Morena, good to have you with us. Morena, Jeff, thanks a lot for having me. Before we uh, talk about the survey that you've done of the candidates, perhaps um, for the benefit of those who haven't heard about Dunedin Community Builders and, and uh, their mahi, you could uh, tell us a little bit about them. Sure. So Dunedin Community Builders has been around for quite a long time in various sorts of forms. It sort of came out of trying to create a network of people doing um, community-led development in Dunedin. And um, in its current form, we have about 150 network members, so that's um, organisations and individuals working in community. Um, and then we also have a kaitiaki group of around a dozen people who help set the direction for the group. And essentially the purpose is to um, have some collegial camaraderie, um, of course, um, to share ideas, um, to inspire each other. We do some professional development things and also um, different events that help highlight some of the issues in the community sector, for example, around funding um, and other things that come up. So obviously during COVID, that was a time when we were really looking at um, what works, what doesn't work and what support people might need who are working or um, volunteering in the community sector in Otipoti and a little bit wider too. Um, our network sort of growing across Otago, which is really neat as well. So what opportunity did Dunedin Community Builders see here with the upcoming election? Well, the thing is, what we were considering is um, there's a lot of candidates. Um, it's a really important decision for a lot of people, but not everyone has a lot of time to um, go to all of the candidate evenings. Um, and there's not always a huge amount of information available to voters, particularly perhaps for those that are running for um, council or for the Otago Regional Council. Mayoral candidates often get um, a, a lot more media coverage and so we get to find out about them a little bit more. So we saw an opportunity to ask some pertinent questions that might be relevant to our network and um, ask candidates to respond and give them a platform for those answers to be available to everybody in Otipoti. So you decided upon a survey is the best way to do that. How did you go about it? Well, yes. Um, initially, we had lots of ideas about um, potentially talking with people as well, because um, that's sort of the way that we usually do things. Um, but in the end, given the number of candidates, we thought a survey would be good. So collectively, um, in our kaitiaki group, we sort of um, brainstormed and workshopped questions. We wanted to keep them simple, and we didn't want too many, but we also wanted to include everything that we thought might be relevant to people in our network. So... We sort of did quite a collaborative process refining those questions and we ended up coming with up with half a dozen questions. Um, they're slightly different for the DCC candidates um, and the ORC candidates because the roles are slightly different, but they're along similar lines. Right, and so what you once the, uh, the candidacies were known, you approached them to yes, see whether right. they want to so, be involved? Yeah, so as soon as those lists, came out, we were able to obtain contact details for all of the candidates through um, the returning officers or the the people that look after the elections, I'm not sure what they're called, and we emailed every candidate um, with an opportunity to answer a form, just a simple Google form online. They could um, put as little or as much as they liked, 
and then we just went through a process of loading all of those responses up onto our website um, for each candidate. We also offered them a chance to send in a photo as well if they um, wanted to, just so that people could put a face to the name. Now, the wonderful thing about this is that these responses are available for us all to take a look at, and we'll talk a little bit about the questions in a moment, but one of the things I've noticed, for example, uh, in some of the, the, the questions that have been asked in other forms of media, particularly print media, is that not all the candidates choose to get responses back. What was the hit rate, what was the hit rate like, Tess? Yeah, no, that's a really good point. So we were actually really impressed. We didn't give a particularly long time. Our thinking was get the questions out there, give candidates um, an opportunity to respond over the course of, I think it was a week and a half, and then get them out there so that voters had as long as possible to have a look at them. Um, And we were actually pretty impressed. So we have, um, I don't have the numbers right on me, but for DCC we had about 13 people that didn't respond and the total numbers around 40, so that's not too bad, Um, although it was sad that not everyone responded. And for the Otago Regional Council, we were super impressed, and we only had four people that chose not to um, respond in time. Um, So it is a little bit telling, you know, where people choose to put their time in terms of what media they do or what they choose to respond to. But um, for us, I guess that's another illustration of of, um, where these candidates might sit in terms of their relationship with community um, networks. Mm. Now the questions are worth taking a look at, Tess, if not word for word, then at least uh, the, the tenor and the nature of the questions that you asked of these candidates. Sure. So in general what we were looking at is sort of trying to um, ascertain who it was that um, candidates were looking to represent around the council table um, and which communities they might speak for. We were interested to hear what their big issues were, so on the social and economic level. Um, We were interested to hear about how they might um, identify what community aspirations are and how they would elevate them around the the council table. We had a question in there around um, how councillors might um, maintain and improve opportunities for Māori to contribute at a local government decision-making level, um, which is an obligation under the uh, Local Government Act. So it's something that councillors are required to do, but it's interesting to find out how they might do that. We're also asked a question around relationships, so how people might um, achieve being really collegial and constructive around the council table and what it is that's important to them in, in those working relationships. And I suppose you can probably read between the lines there that obviously at council sometimes the things we hear about are relationships not going so well, so we thought that was quite important. And then finally, um, for the DCC candidates, we asked a question about um, their thoughts and support for the place-based community fund that currently exists with DCC. Um, And the reason for that is it's been a real game-changer for the community in Otipoti, and so we're curious to know what um, potential candidates know about that fund and what they might do to support it in the future. Um, And the questions are really similar for Otago Regional Council, um, not quite so many, Obviously not the place-based funding question, um, but again around the key issues, who they're speaking for and what kind of relationships um, they, how they like to conduct their relationships to be constructive um, in that situation. Fantastic set of questions, Tess, and no doubt um, one of the difficult tasks was, was settling up on what those questions should be. And, and, and It really was, yeah. We yeah. wanted to try and keep it simple, but 
really um, get to the heart of issues that we believe matter to the people in our network so that they could be well informed um, by those answers. So when we talk about the people in Dunedin Community Builders Network, who are we talking about again, just for clarity? And do you see sure. do you see that there um, there would be interest in applications for any voter in, in, in listening to what oh, these candidates say? Yeah, so so that network is, is very wide and it's very broad. It's from people like um, staff working in place based community centres around the city, you know, and um, in the Northeast Valley, out in the Tyree, um in South Dunedin, but. Really, I think for anybody that's curious about the direction for council in terms of how we support community, so that could be from anything to from infrastructure type stuff to um, relationships or what what people value about the community in Dunedin. So I think certainly they're really telling answers for any voter that's curious to hear about something other than car parking, probably. <laughs> in in terms of 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 what. I've seen in the print media and even in terms of the opportunities that candidates get to respond in community forums, which are you know are busy busy places with lots of voices. This is a pretty yeah. comprehensive set of, of questions that give you a good a guideline as to what uh, what this, the, each candidate is thinking in this particular area, and it's very, very much worth taking a look. I do encourage any voter to take the time to read through the, the Q&As and, um, well, Tess, tell us how we can do that. Sure. So we've got a website, Dunedin Community Builders, um, and the, probably the easiest way to get through that is via Facebook. We've been posting a lot of um, the links to our website, but you can also just Google Dunedin Community Builders and you'll see Elections 2022 along the top menu. Um, and on that page, what you can do is read the questions that we've asked. Um, you can have a look at um, information about how to vote. You can have a look at all of the candidates that have been nominated, and then we've also got a list of all of the candidates that have replied, and you can click through and read their full answers um, on their own individual page as well. And part of our thinking is that we know people are busy, and sometimes getting to a candidate's forum and actually catching what everyone has to say it can be tricky. So our thinking was this is a place where you can do it in your own time and have a good read through um, and take note of who's answered, who hasn't, and what's on top for them, you know? Brilliant stuff. Um, as a voter, thank you for doing all this work. Uh, um, oh, thank you. Uh, and I'm sure uh, our listeners out there will will dive in and take a good look at, at this. Um, thanks so much, Tess, uh, to you and the team behind this at Dunedin Community Builders. Uh, it's an important time, as we know, giving considerations to where we're going to cast our vote and, uh, and uh, how we might do that strategically. And, and this will help uh, in that equation. Um, in terms I think of so, and I think also just the fact that we're highlighting it and we've got information out there, I hope just really encourages people to want to vote as well. We know that voter turnout is pretty low, um, and so it's um, a good opportunity to maybe feel more informed when you go to make that vote as well. Yeah, kia ora. Tess Trotter from uh, yes. Dunedin Community Builders, thanks so much for joining us on the Awesome Morning Show. Go well. Thank you, you too. Take care. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.